0: And it all comes down to this. Two on, two out. Bottom of the ninth. The farmers lead by one. Full count. Here comes the play at the plate. And it's the Ag
1: Pitch. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome today to the Ag Pitch. You've got Chris Barron here today. and We've got a couple of special guests with us. Um, we've got uh, Shay Folk, who you've all listened to several times in, in some of the podcasts along the way. And we've also got Grant Barron. Happens to be uh, related to me as well. So, we want to talk a little bit today about as we get to the Fourth of July, some of the things that we're having go on in our operation. We're really fortunate to have a couple of the boys back to the farm from the military, and so want to just have a little conversation, you know, because when these guys come back to the farm, things are a little different than than it was military and um let's start out grant why don't you introduce yourself tell us a little bit about where you've been and and what you're experiencing as come back to farm give us a little intro to start all right uh hey everyone happy fourth so just introducing myself
2: i left the farm i enlisted at uh 17 had to get both my parents in there to the recruiter's office and uh, sign off i left uh iowa 18 and was in the marine corps for five years um I was enlisted as an intelligence analyst, and I was stationed out in Hawaii. I did two UDPs, uh, to, uh, Japan and South Korea. Um, just, I decided to get out of the Marine Corps because I missed um, the family aspect a lot, and I wasn't really getting out of the. I did bring back a lot of things that I think we're going to get to dive into and talk about in the rest of this podcast.
1: Great. Uh, we'll get we'll we'll dig into you a little more here, Grant. Uh, go ahead, Shay. Give us a little background as a as the Army Ranger and kind of where where you're at and and what you went through so
0: far. Yeah. Thanks for having me on today. And we're from Northeast Iowa, around the Waterloo area. I went to Iowa State University, graduated with a degree in agronomy in 2015, and then. Nine days later, I enlisted, went active duty and uh, went through a few different rounds of training, basic, airborne, and then the Ranger Assessment Selection Program, where I became a member of the the 75th Ranger Regiment. So for those of you that don't know what an Army Ranger is or uh, who the 75th Ranger Regiment is, it's what you think of when you think of uh, a soldier or people in the Army shooting guns, blowing stuff up, and getting to do a lot of the cool guy stuff on helicopters. But it's a really excellent experience within the special operations community. Uh, I served there for the last four years, and I'm currently transitioning out back into agriculture. And kind of how Grant uh, segued that is one of the reasons that I'm getting out is agriculture is my calling. It's something that I'm really interested in doing. I grew up around it and just looking forward to the opportunity to get back in and do, do some of the things that I really enjoyed and spend more time around family.
1: Awesome. So you guys have had obviously a kind of a unique experience because, you know, Shay, you've already been to college, Grant, you got, you're back and you're going to, you got two years of college yet to go. And um, I mean, you guys talk to us a little bit about um, this aspect and I'll, and I'll, lead you into it by saying, you know we work with a lot of clients that have had uh, military experience and we see a um, operational style that a lot of those groups um, and how they organize, how they structure things, um, maybe just a little bit more structure and how they do things is a different way to to put it. So um, I'll pick on you, Grant first. Um, you know what what do you think you're bringing back to the farm operation that's going to be different and, and what are some of the things that, that you guys um, think that you can bring back and that you got out of the military that's, that's going to be a positive and any other comments you yeah. have? Uh, thanks for the question.
2: Uh, so basically what I brought back from the military, I think is organization. Definitely. I'm able to now take a task and not get, um, lose my train of thought and, you know, get ping pong in my brain going back and forth. I can, you know, lay everything out in front of me that I need to do in order to accomplish a task. And uh, so that organization leading into discipline, being able to get that task accomplished um, in a timely fashion, and then also being able to take initiative while doing that task, like, you know, someone tells me to get something done. And I notice while I'm, you know, doing that task something else needs to get accomplished then I'll go over there and do that and then uh, dependability I think is the biggest thing I'm bringing back is if someone uh, needs me to get something done you know they don't have to look at, over my shoulder the whole time I'm doing it I'll just go ahead and uh, complete the task all the way through so I think those are the four big things I'm bringing back and I took out from the military's organization discipline initiative and dependability.
1: Cool. And then what was your job, Grant, to touch on that for a second? All right. Job. So
2: um, basically, my job was an intelligence analyst. I did a lot of reading, um, focusing on... You didn't
1: like reading in school.
2: No, I, I, didn't like, <laughs> I didn't like reading in school one bit. So it was kind of a shock to me. Um, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into when I chose this job, but I ended up taking a lot out of it being able to now... hopefully this will help me out. But uh so my job was to focus on the weather, enemy, and terrain, and I'm sure shay got briefs from nerds like me, you know, before he went out at night to go do goon stuff with his goon friends. But um guys like me would deal with the maps and deal with understanding what the how the weather's gonna affect the operation, how the enemy's gonna affect the operation, and how the is gonna affect the operation. And I think out here nowadays we got the weather is the enemy, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Pretty much.
1: And you were in, uh, were, you were in Korea, right? So
2: I uh, I did two deployments to Korea. I worked in the Joint Intelligence Operations Center in South Korea, focusing on the um, North Korean threat, where we kind of just studied Kim Jong-un and his missile program and everything that he was doing up there, uh, almost at the height of... Uh, when he was this is when, Trump, when was, was, Trump was calling him rocket man when he was tossing everything yeah when he was throwing missiles over Japan remember <laughs> that um, so we were, we were keeping ourselves pretty busy over there and it was a really good experience uh, definitely got over my fear of reading and if you tell us any more than that you'd have to kill us right? there's uh, there's I mean shaking a test there's a lot of it goes up to um, that top-secret stuff so definitely
1: uh, just keeping it, keeping it unclassified awesome. here Gotcha. gotcha. Okay, Shay, your your turn. Give us your, uh, your pitch.
0: This is uh, really good with Grant going first. It gives me a lot of time to think here. So, <laughs> um, I, I guess to answer the original question of what do I find myself bringing back or utilizing day-to-day in agriculture, and Chris, you said it really well with a conversation that we had early on and something I've been able to do is create structure in an unstructured environment, and I really took that to heart. You don't realize, as Grant alluded to, how how disciplined and organized and task oriented you get through your time in the military, and it's a natural development and a natural progression. And bringing that back into the world of agriculture, when there's a different task every twenty seven minutes, you know, you you have a plan for the day, and then you get punched in the mouth with three things that need to go on. And it's how do you create structure in that unstructured environment to ensure that you accomplish the mission? And that's the first thing that I found that I've brought back. Um, The second thing is time is relevant. And I say that for two reasons. The first reason is we don't work on 12-hour shifts or eight-hour shifts. We work on 24 hour days or 36 or 48 hour days or whatever it is necessary to accomplish that mission. And a, a lot of operations this spring had to deal with some of that that they may not be accustomed to, but I found that I was able to thrive in that environment because I, I, I love sitting there in the planner at 3am and just going and you know accomplishing the mission and filling in where I need to. And then when it comes time in the morning for someone else to take over or to move on to the next next task, that's what you do. So time is relevant in that aspect. And then the other thing and the other reason that I say time is relevant is we all have the same amount of time. And one thing that I found is I don't use time as an excuse anymore because – we've all been given the same amount of time. So when people says, oh, I don't have time for that. No, you have the time. You just haven't made the time to do it. And I don't mean that to be cynical. It's just allowed me uh, a, a good opportunity to really task orient and say, okay, what is the one thing that I need to accomplish right now in order to achieve my mission and my goal for the day or the week or the month or whatever it is that your trajectory is? So that's the second thing that I found myself bringing back to the farm. And the third thing is just working with people. And and people are everywhere. It's, It's no different from job to job. But what you come to realize is that there's people that you enjoy working with, there's people that you tolerate, and then there's people that you really don't like working with. And that's no different from any job, whether it's the military or if you're a cashier or working in agriculture, people are people. And not only on the consulting side of things, but actually working in agriculture, once you come to realize that and learn to work with people and how you interact with them, I, I've gotten a lot out of that from the, the last four years of experience. So, and, and then there's just two or three other things that I want to tap on real quick. Like Grant said, the task organization and reliability, I found that that's something that stands out with the military experience.
1: You're cutting yeah, out there. there. Second yeah. up
0: on your task orientation. Yep. So with the task organization and reliability, that's something that I found really stands out to people with the military experience. They recognize that right away. And then I think Grant so eloquently put it: uh, goon friends doing goon things, but with those cool guy things that we were doing, is we did it with safety. And so one of the focuses that I've had coming back is you know, taking an agriculture and the inherent risk that we associate with that and saying, okay, it doesn't need to be this way. How can we do this safer and still perform? So a long-winded answer to a question, but those are the three or four things that i found myself coming back to.
1: Great. Great. Anything you want to add now that you get to listen to Shay? Well, okay. no, I just thought that, Shay, you brought up some
2: really good points with not only the organization, but being able to prioritize uh, after you organize, right? if I have three or four tasks I got to accomplish in the day and then four or five tasks that also have to be accomplished over the week, you know, I have to be able to prioritize what, you know, takes precedence if I can't get it all accomplished in my 24 hour day. Um, and then also I thought you hit it on the head with the people. It's just <laughs> everywhere. You were sitting here laughing when he yeah. said <laughs> I had to hold back, but you know, you, you hit it on the head. You, just, you learn to deal with all sorts of people, I think. And that's a great thing to be able to bring back, you know, like, if I dealt with some people that I thought shouldn't even be in the Marine Corps because of X, Y, or Z, um, I had to deal with them and I had to, you know, accomplish the mission with them either way. And I think that's important to be able to bring back to an environment where, you know, you don't always get to choose who you work with. So um, just being able
1: to accomplish the mission with anyone is extremely important.
0: Yeah. Great point.
1: We got a lot going on in agriculture right now. Um, Technology is, is a huge, uh, impact to our business. Um, we've talked about the people, the organizational side of things, but, um, what do you guys think? I mean, you know, Shay, before we even started the conversation, you're like, I'm 25 and I feel like I'm 35 and, you know, you guys have, have matured. Um, not that, you know, you don't mature in college, but, and you do, um, you, you mature a lot every year, but you guys, you know, come back and, and firsthand experience. I'm sitting here watching you guys both take initiative and do some pretty um, crazy things. I mean, just on your own and, and not really need anybody to tell you what to do anymore. Almost you guys can see the big picture now. So between seeing the big picture and understanding technology, what do you guys, you know, what do you guys see as you move forward into agriculture from a technical perspective that that is a big deal, or some things that we can use. I'm going to pick on you first, Shay, um, on the on the technical side of things. Um, what are you bringing back? What do you think? Um, where do you think we can go with with you know the internet, all of the the stuff that we're doing on the ag use solution side of things? You know, talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So the first thing that I'll talk about there, I guess, is <clears throat> attitude that you take towards technology and growth and development. And there's a lot of different ways to say it, but I think the first thing is if you're not growing, you're dying. And that applies not only to business principles, but with the information and technology that you're using. And I'm sure Grant can, you know, attest to this, but with technology advancements, if the enemy has the same technology as you do, you need to be looking for the next best thing. You need to understand their capabilities and know how you can improve and capitalize on that. And the same comes back to farming. How are you gonna make a progressive operation, make you know, with it making economical sense in order to make better yield and improve your marketing? So, so those are two things uh, involved with technology. Now, as far as the technology application itself, uh, one of the things that I am really intrigued by that I think will have a huge impact on the future of agriculture is uh, 5G. And so if there's people out there that don't understand, I'll give you the, uh, the army ranger version of what it is, but basically there's no latency or there's no lag in your communication when it bounces from you back to the tower and then wherever it needs to go. And so that will allow people for the classic, um, example, a surgeon in Tokyo, can walk into his little VR room and perform a surgery on someone that's in Cincinnati, if he or she is the best doctor in the world to do that. Now that might be the first applications, but let's look 10, 15, 20 years down the road. When you have tractors that are driving themselves in fields when you have fleets of drones that deploy to give daily crop updates and to do micro spraying for pests and, you know, any other uh, herbicide control or whatever, that that is gonna be a phenomenal uh, development in technology to the point where we might be running the combine from the office in 15 or 20 years. And if you're not ready to to comprehend that, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 17 or 87. If you wanna be part of the operation and if you wanna succeed in the next 20 to 30 years, I truly believe that you need to stop looking at it from an age or whatever your comfort level is And just dive headfirst into the technology, stay current with what's out there and kind of invest in the next infrastructure as as you're capable to.
1: You bet. Grant.
2: All right. So kind of what Shay said a little bit, uh, the attitude is extremely important, right? Everyone must be willing to grow and you're going to grow through technology, I believe so. Um, I think he also hit it on the head with the tractors driving themselves, but I'm going to take it a step further and say in the next 20, 15, 20 years, trucks are going to be driving themselves on the road, right? Once they can, I mean, Tesla drove across country from California to um, to New York with no one touch the wheel or the pedals or anything. That's already happened, so... Um, the next thing that's gonna come is gonna be those tractors driving themselves in the field. That's you know easy for coders to do nowadays. And then um, after that, it's gonna be semi trucks driving themselves. I think the next 15 to 20 years. Um, other than that, what I've seen firsthand that our farm already has and is employing is these new drones that just go up, go around the field. They do your scouting for you. You pull up to the field, you plug in the coordinates, and they do everything and give you that that whole report. Um, so I think you know as farmers are generally older they still need to be willing and have good attitude be willing to grow um, and adapt to these new technologies
0: here and i i want to caveat off that that's an awesome point grant it you mentioned growing older there at the end and people think that you're crazy when you say this but if you're 50 60 70 listening to this podcast right now you better be prepared to live to 110 or 115. It's it's going to be a whole different ballgame. And if you're less than 40, you don't need to be thinking about 40 growing seasons. You need to be thinking about 80 growing seasons. Because as the technology develops, not only in agriculture, but in the medical capabilities that we have and what we, have, what we will have access to, stop being at the mindset that if you're enjoying what you're doing, you don't need to retire when you're – you know, 65, 67, 70, you're going to be able to continue to do these things that you love. So be prepared for that, not only financially, but when it comes to the point of what is the legacy in your farm look like, you know, how how does that look with collaboration and even more importantly, multi-generation operations where you might have three or four generations working side by side. And I don't know if that, that conversation's being had or
1: if a lot of people are prepared for that right now. You bet. We, we've also um, worked with a lot of growers over the last few years in transition and that kind of is a segue into the transition piece here a bit. But um, what are you guys thoughts? You know, you guys are, are fresh back on the farm. What, Grant, you're what, three, four weeks now back is yeah. all. And Shay, you've been back for a couple months now. Um, shay has been a little bit more on the consulting side and, and the midnight planter operator side. Uh, today, Grant and I got the fun of, uh, we got the grain bins all empty. We got all the old crop gone. So we were having fun cleaning rotten corn out from underneath the grain legs and underneath the scale and stuff. So we've been doing fun stuff like that. But as you guys transition back, you know, um, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, what, what things you know Shay you can touch on the on the ag view on the service side of things i'm going to pick on you again first so grant can think about <laughs> this question here but uh you know where do you what do you um in the next couple of years what what you're going to be up to and and you know you guys have just spent both of you you know 5 years of your life in service um and you're getting into a uh career um in agriculture that that is really service oriented whether it's you know, on the consulting side, on the farming side or whatever, you know, where do you, where do you see yourselves going here um, as you move forward, Jay?
0: Yeah. So three things came to mind as you're asking that question. And the first thing, working on the transition process of not only myself working back into it, but looking at operations on the consulting side, working through transition pieces. The first item is over communication. And That might be a term that not many people are familiar with because you think, oh, you know, communication, effective communication. But I'm an advocate of over-communication. Now, that doesn't mean micromanaging. It means, hey, is this exactly what's happening? Is this, you know, load of corn going to Cedar Rapids? Who's taking it? When is it going? And what does it contain? Over-communicating that piece so that there's no chance of there being a mess-up. And that's from the daily decisions of hauling corn to the you know, long-term transition and legacy planning of what exactly do we want the future of the farm to look like? What exactly do we want the future of the operation to look like? And with working and consulting, you you all need to be on the same page within your team. So, you know, first thing there, I think over communication is key. Uh, second thing with transitioning back in, and you mentioned Grant and I have only been back for just a little while now. Uh, seems a lot longer than that, I guess, but. Those are the long days. Um, time Mm -hmm. Time takes time, right? And if that's scooping out the bin or sitting down and looking at an Excel sheet for four or five hours and trying to make sense of what's going on or, you know, just sitting in a tractor and seeing, hey, this is what it feels like to plant 150 acres with a 12 row planter in 24 hours or whatever your time period is, realizing the process and the time that goes back into that, I think has been one of the, the most awesome pieces of the transition for me, um, just changing pace with the environment. And then I think the the last point that kind of came to mind there quickly was looking at the consulting and service side of things and saying, okay, is this a business decision or is this an emotional decision? And that's, that's day to day. You know, you need to constantly be doing that assessment of dealing with situations, making phone calls, uh, even just watching, watching your tone that you send in emails and ensuring that you're conveying the message appropriately. So uh, transitioning back for me, that's been a big point of, I won't say contention, contention isn't the right word, but just monitoring okay is this a business decision or am i thinking about this emotionally and when you get the opportunity to take emotion out of it and make those business decisions uh it it makes a big difference
1: keep that grant all right so uh
2: for my three-year plan we'll do my three-year transition plan i'm still in the uh the organization and prioritization that we talked about earlier for my five to 10 year um, plan. You know, you mentioned, I've only been out for a couple of weeks now. I haven't really got those completely in line yet, but for the next three years, I plan to uh, graduate college and work on the farm as much as possible. Um, I got my CDL or I got my permit so I can hopefully get my full bone CDL, and help drive trucks this fall and uh, continue that for the next three years. And then one thing I'm really, really excited for and hope I get a, uh, more opportunities to do is help you out with the consulting side of things in this ag view, uh, whether it be with more of these podcasts or just, uh, you know, shadowing and
1: consulting
2: and um, whatever you need help with there. So,
1: yeah, and I and I think, you know, the, the cool thing for me and I think for all of the growers out there that we work with and that we'll work with in the future is just, you know, having the capacity to understand that, that you know there's a care in other people's success and uh you know the cool part for me is to see you guys serve you know serve your country for five years each and then you know come back and and be interested in the farm and interested in in uh, not just the farms but the agriculture and the people and the people is the important part and so I think that's that's what's exciting to me is to watch, um, the opportunities that that you guys are going to have to really help, uh, growers with perspective and with opportunities. And, and as you said, Shay, too, you know, thinking through, um, these decisions, which are critical decisions, you know, for the business, um, to be based on the numbers and, and a lot of times to try to remove the emotion, um, because it is an, an emotional business. I mean, you look at how difficult this spring was and it started last fall being so wet and everybody just being under stress. And, uh, it's, you know, it's been a battle, um, this year on the farm field, um, a lot like, you know, the battles that that you guys have experienced now, it's just a different battle. And, uh, if we can utilize a lot of the processes and, and structure that you guys have learned to help other people, well, that's, truly what we want to do and why we do what we do and i think probably that echoes you guys so having said all that um shay we'll go with you first um what any last comments or anything you want to want to bring home to the to the people or or for the podcast here as we wrap up
0: yeah so talking about the the battles there and i think it's interesting that that you brought this up I've had several people, so outside of uh, working with AgView and the consulting and being involved in lots of parts of the operation over there, I've also been spending about 30 to 35 percent of my time working with my father-in-law on that side of the family with a seed business, and that's a, that's a whole different aspect, of the people side of things, but I've had more than one person mention to me boy, what a year to come back to the farm. What a bad year to get back into agriculture. You know, prices are high and markets are low and you got crazy season. And, you know, I have the conversation and, you know, talk with them and kind of laugh or whatever. But when I take the time to really think about it, I don't think there's ever been a more exciting time to get into agriculture. And I think that with farming and the battles that we're going through now, there's no good time necessarily to get into agriculture. And people related to to the same thing, right? Sometimes you don't think there's ever a good time to have kids, but you do it and you look back and you're like, oh yeah, no, that's all right. That was a good time to do that. So, you know, with that conversation and for any, any veterans that are out there that may have experienced the same thing, I, I'd be interested to hear their stories on that. But also for anybody else that's thinking about transition back to the farm or whatever that looks like in their operation times are tough but you work through it and I think it helps make you better producers and and better people by working through those hard times and so when I hear that conversation it's nothing that scares me it it's motivating to say hey how am I going to make this work how am I going to make this succeed not only to provide the best value and capabilities to the businesses that I'm working with, but also to provide for to provide for my family. Um I I guess that would be one of my one of my lasting thoughts there as we as we wrap up here, Chris.
1: Great, great. yeah Yep. So uh
2: wrapping up for me, I think, Shay, you put it um pretty nicely. There's no real perfect time to transition. Like there's no real perfect time to have kids, but in the end, you kind of just got to pull the trigger, and you got to do it, Um, so trying to transition out of the military back to the farm, um, consider that there's no perfect time to do it, you know, it took me three months of making pros and cons lists to make my decision to get out, and uh, I just want to take my closing remarks to uh, say one more thing, just um, Shay and I, we have two other brothers that are continuing to serve. So Sloan's in North Carolina right now in the Marines and Carson has duty. He's a uh, Cedar Falls police officer. He has duty, you know, to go on the 4th of July. So uh, thanks. Thank you to them for cont- continuing to serve
1: and keeping us safe and happy 4th, everyone. Awesome. Well, um, I, I guess this is going to kind of wrap things up, but I want to, on behalf of AgView Solutions, um wish everybody a happy fourth of july um thank you to all of you who have served um and who are currently serving and we uh hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week and if there's anything we can do to um help you bring information to you we're interested in doing that and again thanks everybody for joining us on, on the agview pitch and we will catch you next time
0: podcast. Thanks for listening to our special edition podcast here for the 4th of July. We're honored to have served and honored to continue to serve you through the podcast and AgView Solutions. Thanks to those of you listening who are veterans and those who currently have family and friends in the service. Stay safe and we'll catch you soon on the AgView Pitch.